you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior. 48 inches for me is uh, Kevin Robb. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Sergeant Major. Catch us up, dear brother. What's going on? Man, a lot of stuff. Great, great opportunities with with what's going on with this uh, missionary camp next week. Excited about that. Not real excited about the mechanical issues going on with living a life on the road. But the great thing is, if God calls you to do it, he'll provide. Um, so I'm just, um, you know, trusting the Lord about um, about the mechanical stuff and pressing forward. God's got things lined up for me. And uh, if, those, if his son doesn't come back to take me to heaven, I'm headed to Michigan soon and then Wisconsin and then Minnesota and, Te- and North Carolina, I mean. No, no, uh, excuse me, Florida. Yeah, Florida and then Carolina. Well, there you go, friends, and continue to pray for Kevin, his car situation. I'm just praying that God would drop a car right on his lap, Mm. and he won't have to worry about this silly car he's dealing with right now. Been a great car, but you know, like everything, man, things wear out after a while, to include the guy speaking. So, great news. Uh, September 11th through 15th, we're going to be at Camp Joy Christian Camp, located in Whitewater, Wisconsin. We essentially take over to camp. They feed us. They help us out, but I'm telling you, there's music. There's studying God's word. There's digging in on how we can help each other with PTSD. You want to come out? You can hear Kevin. Maybe he'll play his guitar out there. I think he's getting close. He's praying. He's working on a book that that might be ready when he gets out there. So just pray all things, Kevin, all things, Doug, as you go through your daily prayers. And here we are at a fourth grade riddle. You got to, you know, I've got to tell you, folks. Fourth graders, they know more than us. It wasn't but about three weeks ago, someone put out there the 1898 eighth grade math test on Facebook. And I'm here to tell you, uh, when I was a senior in high school, my math was what eighth grade math was in 1898. 1898 stuff was looking like I was in my first year of college math. So I had to take uh, college algebra and college statistics or something uh, in route to uh, my business degree, along with counting one, two, three, whatever. But I will tell you this i was like whoa things have changed Mm. but i'll tell you what i can beat those 1898 people on logging on my apple computer i just want to be up front about you (laughs) i'm better at uh, getting on google (laughs) thank god we have something here we are kevin i want you to think about this because i think you're going to nail this one when someone needed a boat made what did the people in town say <clears throat> so it's a biblical type thing? Yeah, brother. It's all biblical. Okay, yeah. So um, Christian the, school fourth grade riddles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll make this for me. Um, uh, <laughs> Folks, we're going to give him a couple extra seconds here. He's getting close. Oh, okay. Um, uh, uh, Three, two. Deck. Uh, Folks, here we are. We know a guy. We know a oh. guy. So... <laughs> You I th- thought I would get that. I, I thought you would you get got it. a lot of confidence in me. Wow. I don't. I don't know. I'm. You know. Again, there's, there's a lot of burnout sitting at this dining room table. Right now. It's, 
fourth grade stuff, just like 1898 math. It's tough. <laughs> all right. I'm going to be up with, I'm going to be up front with you guys. Hey, we're cruising along. And in today's word or characteristic of PTSD is flashbacks. And boy, don't we know those we've been through something in our life. We flash back. People have hurt us. Life is upside down. And I was telling brother Kevin here a few minutes ago, as I was looking these up and, um, you may not know this, but on the last broadcast, we had to do some editing because somebody was looking this thing up so much, they forgot to look at the clock while Kevin was talking. But this one thing came to my mind. And uh, over in Psalm 91, I love Psalms 91 and four through six, he shall cover thee with the feathers and other his wings shall, uh, shall thou trust and his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shall not be afraid by the terror at night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So he said, brother Doug, what are you saying? Well, flashbacks come flashbacks go. We ask God to take them from us. We pray. We mean it. We get on our face. We read our Bibles before we go to bed. We read our Bibles when we wake up in the morning. We seek God in every single way possible. But folks, in the midst of doing that, we got to understand the medicine. The medicine is we got this God who covers us with his feathers and we're under his wings. He's looking out for it just like an eaglet in the nest. Uh, that mom, that dad aren't going to let anything happen to that eaglet unless it goes through them and and that's the God we serve. We got to trust in him. We got to pray to him. We got to believe in him. If we get woke up once in a while at night, fall back to sleep praying. Don't get up. Don't get wound up. Mm -hmm. Don't go downstairs mm -hmm. and have a cup of coffee or drink a Coke. Now stay right there in bed. If you got to hit the latrine, if you're an old guy like Kevin and I, you're going to have to hit the latrine, but Amen. pray, pray. <laughs> what are you thinking, Kevin? Yeah, boy, this thing of flashbacks is very, you know, sad. It's hard. It's, uh, it, it torments you because, um, you know, there's, there's nightmares, which is kind of a sub subgroup of this, but, uh, flashbacks <clears throat> is where you just, you know, it's uh, kind of dissociate you, you, you dissociation, you become, um, you become entranced or you, you feel like you're stuck back in that situation. You, you're, you're more there than, than not. And, uh, I've talked to people like that. Don't know that I've had a lot of flashbacks, like living, waking flashbacks, but I think to a lesser degree, there's the, when you're daydreaming. So I've, I've always been a daydreamer and, uh, sitting in school, boy, man, I'd be so bored with some of the topics. I'd just be looking out the window and thinking, man, I wish I was in this, in that airplane flying up there. I wish I was in that boat down on the river on the Susquehanna river. But, um, Hallelujah. yeah, I, I know that <clears throat> a lot of times if I've been through something like a lot of the people I'm sure listening, they say, you know what? I just find myself sometime daydreaming, thinking about wishing things were different, replaying boy, you know, if, if it happened to be an abusive situation in particular where you're, you know, it's harder to shake off. So, you know, it's one thing, a car accident, you can shake, kind of shake it off, say, man, I don't want to think about that. Ugh. You know, you have a flashback. Ugh. But when someone's wronged you, a lot of times you replay it as part of what you think is therapeutic. So you, you can flash back to, I'm, I'm being hit again. I mean, because you're thinking, oh, I can't believe this person did that. And, and it's, it's a sad commentary on that other person. But the problem is it's become a sad commentary on me or on you uh, who have suffered and continue to suffer rehashing. You know, let me just tell you, Jesus Christ died once for all. It says in the book of Hebrews, he once suffered for sins. 
God's will is that we only go through it once, and the resolution of it is going to be coming at it with a biblical approach, which is what we're trying to accomplish in this ministry. Boy, that's good, and uh, that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish, and in many cases, God has been gracious to us in allowing us to do that. We find ourselves in the book of John, chapter 7. I'm pretty excited about that, verses 14 through 24 today. It says, Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he will know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered, said, Thou hast the devil who goeth about to kill thee. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave you, gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers, and ye on the Sabbath circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receive circumcision, and the law of Moses should not be broken, ye are angry at me, because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Boy, Christ is slapping some folks around here. He's saying, listen, <laughs> you're judging me. You guys are the ones messed up. You've learned these things of Moses. They weren't of Moses. They were of his fathers. They were of, of, of God in heaven. And and uh, Jesus saying, the source of my stuff is from the same place Moses got his stuff. It's from my father, which is, now see, they hate Christ with this. As soon as he puts out there, I am of God, they all freak out. Uh, they, you know, when God shows up, a couple things happens, either people get right or people get wrong. I've always been messed up there, brother, when we're, uh, when we're looking at the maniac of Gadara and uh, we're over there looking at him and God shows up and they prayed uh, that he would <laughs> depart from the area. He'd leave. He needs to get out. Hey, God showed up. People changed. Folks, can I tell you something? We want God to show up. Yeah. We want people to run around and say, where's God? Let's pray him in. Let's make a yeah. difference. Yeah. And uh, so we, there's some things we got to learn here. And uh, uh, the source of Jesus' teaching, well, they're from God the Father, and that's a cool thing. The willingness of God's will, well, that's Jesus. He states that those who are willing to follow God, you got it right. Folks, mm -hmm. we need to be willing to follow God. If we're going to make a difference, if God's going to use us, it starts with following. Trust me. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. I know a guy. Boy, that was tough, Kevin. Sorry about that, but we're talking about the source of Jesus' teaching here, mm -hmm. the willingness to do God's will. We got to be in there, right? Yeah. You know, this whole passage I've always loved. Not long after I was born again uh, in 1979, in the early 80s, then really began to grow. And this scripture 
um, God gave to me as how to discern. We talked about, I think, the last broadcast, discernment, how to discern God's will. And it says <clears throat> in verse 17, you know, mark her down, John seven seventeen. how to know God's will. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So it's discernment, how to discern a teaching, you know, specifically doctrine means teaching, how to discern whether something's right. But, um, you know, whether it's finding God's will or finding, discerning whether someone's telling you the right thing, whether the YouTube you're tuning in on is right, whether you're in a good church, it first of all requires being willing to do God's will. If any man will do his will. So, you know, it's a lot easier for God to steer you if the steering wheel is not being gripped with a death grip. You know, if you're not, if you're white knuckling the steering wheel of your life already with anxiety and fear, which is what trauma, in fact, does. Um, trauma will steer you out of the will of God. But if you can take your hands off the wheel as you're praying and say, Lord, I am right now focusing on your will for my life, and as best as I know, my will is in neutral, uh, then God's able to put his hands on the wheel and steer it. It's easy to steer something. <clears throat> By the way, you don't know what direction your car is heading unless it's moving. So don't just sit there and wait. Which way is the wheel turned? Okay, get out. God turn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So start it up. Get her, get her going. But, um, you know, if any man is willing to do God's will, it's not, I want to know, I want to know. It's no, I want to do, I want to do. Lord, I'm going to, this car is going somewhere. Lord, I am trusting you. I'm number one, praying, and then I'm committing my works to you. Lord, only you know what's down this road. Only you know what's ahead. I'm committing it to you. And in committing it to you, then I'm going to just move on it. And uh, J. Wilbur Chapman said, we said last week, he said, Lord, I'm, I cannot honestly say I uh, am willing to do your will, but Lord, I'm willing to be willing to do your will. Amen. And what a, what a great thing to tell the Lord. Lord, you know, he, you tell me, um, for it is God which worketh in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So, Lord, I am willing for that to proceed in my life and become willing praise god and uh folks we got to be there just exactly what kevin's saying we we got to be willing to step out I, and uh, i use a lot of army thoughts here but when i join the army man you raise your right hand you're all in they hold you to it uh, i mean there's no there's no making you show up at basic training you can't go hey sarge excuse me i don't think i fit in here you would have got belted in the head when i joined i mean it's uh, i remember this one day someone called the drill sergeant sarge i went to bed and woke up the next morning he was still laying on the ground sleeping from doing push-ups out in front of the barracks but but god is a gracious merciful god and uh and he's not punishing us the way that we should be punished but folks when we step out for god we step out with everything we need for all eternity and it, you know something kevin was saying is you know we trust him like he did in the early 80s we step out and and then there's something that comes down and it's seeking god's glory not personal glory and these these silly jews are out there and they're they're talking about how they want to kill jesus all these bad things are going on how they're going to do these things and then jesus reminds them they got the whole moses thing wrong too that they're circumcising people on the sabbath that they're they're doing 
doing things they shouldn't. You know, he's slapping them with the scripture. There's nothing worse than slapping a narcissist with the word of God. That freaks them <laughs> out, man. They don't know. They run, they hide, they call you a loser. They call you a liar. They tell you everything in life is your fault. Folks, you've met those narcissists out there. They're more messed up than a soup sandwich. And rule number one, get away from a narcissist. That's all you got to remember. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. As, but you, you know, of course, you got to get saved and all that along the way. So here's Jesus pointing out the hypocrisy. Here's Jesus saying, you're not even keeping the law. You're not even doing the things you said you should do. No wonder you're not recognizing me. Folks, there would be nothing more terrible. There would be nothing worse in our lives, Kevin, than to have Jesus sitting at our dinner table and us not knowing it's him. Uh, to have Jesus doing things in our hearts and lives and us not knowing it's him because we're so caught up with these crazy, heretical, narcissistic, step-by-step, pharisaical, freaky uh, religious people. And and folks, we got to let go of religion and start dealing with Christ. Yeah, they they didn't get it that it was him that was that was there. They was their long-awaited Messiah. Their vetting process was, was wrong. In fact, I was just reading as you're talking there, uh, their first response there in verse 15 to, to what he was saying was, uh, it says the Jews marveled saying, how, how knoweth this man letters having never learned. So it was like, he's not educated. Like we are educated. He, you know, how, you know, this is not fitting the, the bill for what we would expect. I don't know about this. And then he answered that with the subject of knowing the wanting the will of god and then their response to that in verse 20 excuse me was the people answered and said thou hast a devil who goest about to kill thee so their response was okay we're just like you said narcissistically we're going to project on to you what's really wrong with us because they had doctrines of devils that they had embraced and sadly they um because jesus was um, so connected into his father, un, unwaveringly connected. They said, "Well, you've got to have a devil. There's just there's nothing else. You know, we, we don't know anyone else that's been so uh, guided with purpose and you know w- with uh, such exact desire to do the will of his father. That that must mean that you're a devil." And they accused him of that based on the fact um, that. They said, who, who goeth about to kill thee? So they accused him of being paranoid. They said, man, there's no one, <clears throat> excuse me, they're, they got a frog in my throat here, but there's no one trying to kill you. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, thou hast a devil. You know, I, I get it. So on one side of the coin, we should ask ourselves as humans, have we, uh, are, are we seeing a devil under every rock? If we're trying to look at someone else and make a judgment call and vetting someone else. Be careful. If they're not like you, they're not educated like like you think, that doesn't make a difference uh, necessarily. Secondly, if they um, are talking about that there's something going on here, you know, if they're calling you a conspiracy theorist, it doesn't mean that there's not necessarily a conspiracy, but it may mean that you are seeing a devil under every rock and that you are trying to come up with what I would call an easy explanation for something. Well, nobody here likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to the garden to eat worms. Like Dig some saying. worms. Big <laughs> so we, we should... We should uh, not look at. We should not vet people that way for our for our life. Whether or not these are godly people, we should you know look at whether it's Jesus in them. And if Jesus in them, 
is trying to tell us something, then it's time to listen up. So, you know, what's the, the moral of the story is let's not be quick to throw someone under the bus if God's speaking to them a little bit different than us right now. Absolutely. Righteous judgment is exactly what Kevin's talking about. You know, we uh, we got to judge people with the righteousness of God, not with how they look, not how they dress. You know, there's people that I've learned to love that are Dallas Cowboy fans. I'm just I'm just being upfront with it. And that's was so foreign to me. Uh, years ago there's people out there that like the yankees and and i'm all right with it you know i'm just like you know that maybe they're not saved yet i don't know but i'm still gonna love them and what but there's the all joking aside how do you judge people you know folks think about that today how do you hang around people do they look wrong do they not look right do they act wrong do they do this love everybody be like christ have mercy and love folks it doesn't matter who they root for it doesn't matter where they went to school it doesn't matter where they grew up is is the lord and savior jesus christ in their heart if not are they willing to listen about that let me tell you if those two questions either one of them are yes i'm all in I'm all in. They're my brethren, or they're going to be my brethren real soon. Well, we sure do love you folks. Remember our camp out there, Camp Joy, Wisconsin. Call Mr. Moore today, September 11th through September 15th. We sure do love you folks. We hope you have a great day. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.